0: Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Hello, and welcome
2: to the Haunted Estate. My God, my dear friends, welcome back to the Haunted Estate with me, Selena Myers. I have recorded this intro a few times, but honestly, I feel off. I've been sick for the past four days, and when when I say sick, I, I mean the bad kind of sick. Like you know what? I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to save you from knowing what came out of my body. There, I think you actually know enough now, don't you? <laughs> Anyways, I'm back, but honestly, I feel stoned and drunk. But you know what? I guess that's not that bad. I'm just sitting here. and with you guys, and we're going to have a fun night. We are going to go into your stories, my stories, and fun articles, all that and more tonight on The Haunted Estate. I was about to record some other parts of this and then I realized I listened to the intro and I've been watching so much trailer part boys and I just feel like it was very inspired <laughs> do you have a topic idea story or article you'd like to send us email it at Selena at the com or call us toll-free at 18772603428. Tonight, we are going to start off our night with a call, and let's go right to it. Take it away.
1: My name is Dan O'Leza. I live here in Brigham City, Utah. Um, I love your show. So I want to tell you a story that started about maybe eight years ago. I was living in a duplex with my family, and I had a bunch of friends living with me as well. So one night, we're talking, and... Somehow we think about, let's make a Ouija board to go camping with us. Camp can be harmless. So we make this huge Ouija board out of cardboard, and, you know, it looks ghetto, but we tried to do what we could with it. So we take it up camping, wait till late at night, and, you know, we start communicating with the spirit. As, as we're doing this, our friend had actually left saying, hey, I'm – going home there's a family issue so we you know we let him go and as we're playing this Ouija board we start talking to this young girl and she had told us that her family had been mauled by bears because we were camping up in the woods so it kind of made sense so we continued our conversation with her and you know she'd be fun with us and laugh with us and then We asked the question, where is our friend? So she spelled out his name, Jake. So we're like, okay, this is creepy. Where is he? She gave us an address. So we sat there for a minute. Should we go see? Absolutely. We all gathered in the car and drove back down to Brigham City. As we're entering Brigham City, we're looking at the address. We pull up to the address. Believe it or not, he is outside smoking a cigarette. None of us know this house. None of us have ever been to this house. So that's not the end of my story. Um after that we all went back up to the campsite. Kinda of really just forget that we were playing with the Ouija boards. We were upset at our friend that he lied to us, so came back, started playing actually no, we didn't play with the Ouija board at all anymore. The next day, we pack up, we leave, we come back to my house. You know, I put the Ouija board under my bed like nothing. The thing we didn't do is say goodbye to the spirit because we were so excited about the fact that maybe he really is at this address. So, about a week later, I had my girlfriend over. We're in my drum room where, you know, my band practices. And, you know, we're just talking. All of a sudden, my drum cymbal. Falls backwards somehow, which when it took the other way, falls backwards onto my girlfriend, cutting her head. She left my house not knowing how that happened, freaked out. Later on, a few weeks later after that, she finally has the courage to come back, and she came back to the house, and um, I was in my room. She begins to walk down the back stairs where um, to get to my side of the house. She looks in through the window at the bottom of the stairs, and she sees this girl standing there just staring at her with the most evil look. And from what she told me on the phone after, when I called her, where are you? She said, I left your sister downstairs. She kind of creeped me out. So I just left because I didn't know what to do because she was kind of creeped me out, so I just left. So that's when I call my my older sister, I'm like, hey, Simone here, my little sister. She's like, no, Simone is actually swimming this weekend. She's out, you know, she's gone for the weekend. So that was the first experience with this girl, knowing that this girl followed me back home. Um, I had another experience quickly after that. I had a friend over. Every time I have a girl over, obviously, spirit made itself known. The next time, what happened was, We were messing around, talking, saying, oh, there's no ghost. All of a sudden you hear, knock, 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 pounding on the wall in the other room, no one home. So after that, I kind of cleared it out, saying, this girl followed me. She stuck to me. She wasn't like any other girl that talks to me. So it kind of freaks me out. So my last part of the story is... I'm downstairs on myself with my dog, this little pup. And um, he starts uh, growling for some reason. So I'm like, what do you need? He's by the door. Oh, maybe he needs to go potty. Take him upstairs. He runs up the stairs and just sits there. So I follow up, saying he needs water. As I'm getting him water, he starts growling down the stairs, looking. I'm like, Noah, stop. You're freaking me out. So he doesn't blink an eye. He continues to growl, and then all of a sudden he runs up the stairs. And so, me being curious, I look down the stairs, and that's when I saw her, my first time, staring back at me as she walked back into my drum room. That was the last time I had ever went down into that basement. And, yeah, so I'm a believer of fears in the unknown. And thanks for letting me share my story. Um, I hope to be able to share more with you soon. Thanks. Bye.
2: Call and tell us your story at 1877-260-3428.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs
2: Thank you so
0: much, Dano, for calling in
2: and telling us your story. I will say it again and again. Ouija boards are not for anybody. I think your story was really cool, but it just goes to show you you never know what's out there. It can seem innocent. It can seem fun. It can seem like a best friend. And it can be pretty cool when they can give you real information, especially where your friend would live where nobody else would know this. But, as I've said time and time before, I pick up every Ouija board I see just because it's been marketed as this mass toy. People make them. You know, it's been such a prevalent part of history. But the thing is, is when you open a door like that, and you don't... The thing is, is that you don't even need a Ouija board. You know, you like you did. You just simply made one. It's not like when someone makes a Ouija board, there's some kind of, you know, connection hookup, like Rogers is hooked up to your television. It's just simply knowing in your mind that you want to open up this passageway to the spirit world. And when you don't say goodbye, even sometimes when you do say goodbye, things can still slink their way over. When you open up that area, that aspect of whatever this universe holds, you really can't go into this without expecting the worst. So next time you pick up a Ouija board, remember (laughs) Dano. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story and we would absolutely love to hear some more. See, now I'm just sitting here and I'm imagining some huge toy factory and they call in some kind of, you know, Satan worshiper or, or some kind of like high priestess or spiritualist to come in and like hook up all these boards to the spirit realm. Oh my God. That'd be the coolest job but at the same time, oh, you know what? I need to spend more time around people. I really do. I'm starting to think about So now I have to ask you guys, what are you listening to this on? Is it iTunes? Is it Stitcher? Is it YouTube? It doesn't really matter. Wherever you are, subscribe and rate it. That's what's going to get us out to other people. And that's all I ask of you. If you enjoy the show, if you've listened to it once or twice, just help me get my name out there. I'm just a single old gal sitting here making these podcasts all by myself just for your enjoyment. So if you could help me out and get some more friends, oh man, I'd like it. 13 scary ghost stories so spooky you'll sleep with the lights on. Here is a fun article that I found. It will be available on thehauntedestate.com or www.theparanormalpodcast.com underneath blogs. Number one, I was playing in the attic. When I was a kid back at my old house, I'd assumed my sister and I were playing in the attic. Sister suggests that I should hang out the window for whatever reason. A few seconds later, my dad, outside, sees me hanging almost fully out of a third-story window on my own. He starts yelling, running, etc. After I get pulled back inside, my mom and sister insist that I was alone in the attic for the last hour. That my sister was with my mom the whole time and that my dad had passed my sister on the ground level before heading back inside. I assume at least one of them is lying to me about something, certainly more plausible than a ghost trying to get me to kill myself. Number two, the old Polaroid camera. This apparently happened to my dad. He told me that a couple years ago about this one event that freaked him out. It was around 2002, and we had just moved into a new house. My dad was unpacking while my stepmom was at work and I was at school. My little brother was home sick and sleeping in his bedroom. So my father is unpacking and found this old Polaroid camera. He starts to play with it. He decides to sneak into my brother's room and get a couple cute pictures of him sleeping. "'He opens the door and sees my brother curled up on the ledge beside the window. "'His face turned away from my dad and pressed against the glass. "'My dad is standing by the door, snaps a picture, quietly closing the door. "'As the picture develops, my brother suddenly comes out of the bathroom "'at the other end of the hall, crying because he was sick. "'My father, he's astonished and knows that there's no way for his little brother "'to get to the bedroom and to the bathroom in mere seconds without being seen.' He opens the door quickly to check inside. Nothing is there. The clincher is the picture. After getting my brother settled back to sleep, my dad took a look at the photograph. What should have been my brother sleeping in his bed, head turned away, became a picture of a little boy facing my father, the lower half of his face blurry and red. My dad doesn't believe in ghosts, but he was pretty freaked. He showed the picture to my stepmother and sister. They kept it in a box in the bedroom and apparently used it as a nice conversation piece for years until we moved out of the house. It seemed that it had gotten lost in the move. I never had the pleasure of seeing the picture myself, but loads of my family saw it, and they all agree it was creepy, and we never experienced anything else abnormal in that house. Number three. A little boy in the beauty salon. Back in 1984, my grandmother was going to get her hair done. She walked to the salon that she frequented and was sitting in the waiting area and reading a magazine. Suddenly, she felt someone was watching her. She looked up and saw a kid that looked exactly like my uncle. As a kid, he was about 25 now, sitting in the barber chair. He smiled and waved at her. She waved back and he blew her a kiss. She went back to reading her magazine but couldn't shake how similar that kid and my uncle looked, literally identical. She looked back up to the kid, but he was gone. Not one hour later, she got a call from the police department saying that my uncle was found dead on the scene of a car accident. Number four, a light coming from my closet. We moved around a lot as a kid. We were poor, so my parents would typically rent houses that were relatively cheap. I was probably 9 or 10 years old when we moved into this beautiful old home from the 1900s. It wasn't an amazingly safe neighborhood, but it wasn't far from the worst. One of the first nights after we moved was when this happened. I remember waking up feeling ice cold. It was really strange because it was the middle of summer. And we did not have air conditioning, and I was not allowed to have my windows open at night. A soft blue light was coming from my closet, so I turned to look. There, sitting on some boxes, in my open closet was a woman, maybe mid-twenties to early thirties, just crying. I could barely hear her, but what amazed me was that she was blue, just like the light. I remember sitting up, staring, asking her what was wrong. She stopped, looked up at me, shocked. After making eye contact after a few seconds, she faded away. I guess she didn't expect me to be awake or to talk to her. In any case, it wasn't the last time I would see her, but I never felt afraid of her. We moved when I was 12. We didn't live there very long. My mom didn't tell me why the rent there was so cheap until we moved. Apparently, a woman and her mother were murdered there some kind of burglary gone bad. Go figure. Number five, I was never outside. This isn't my story, so it takes away from the horror factor a bit, but it's from a good friend of mine who doesn't make shit up. His story happens when he was about eight. He was playing hide and seek with his friend at his house, but it was late, probably about 10-ish. It's my friend's turn to find his friend. He's looking everywhere around the house, but can't seem to find him anywhere. He eventually decides that he must be hiding outside, so he leaves the house to find him. He starts searching around some bushes when he hears his friend's voice coming from a dark corner, maybe 20 feet away. The voice calls for him to come over. He didn't because he was already spooked out enough being outside in the pitch black. My friend yelled back, No, you come over here. That's when he said he really started to get spooked. He told me that the voice sounded just like his friend, insisting that he come over to the dark corner. My friend kept saying no over and over again. At this point, he said that the voice suddenly changed into a dark, horrible sounding voice demanding that he come. At this point, he ran inside only to see his friend in the living room. When questioned how he got inside so fast, the friend said, ''I was never outside.'' I know both these guys, none of them make shit up, and I doubt that it's the case of imagination gone wild. Whatever that voice was, it still spooks me just thinking about this story. Number 6. The Attic Door When I was 12 or 13, living in a cramped old house with my mom and younger brother, something happened that still confuses me to this day. It was a summer night that blended in well enough with the rest of them, so much that I can't remember what happened immediately before or after this incident. I had gone to lay down in my bedroom, which was across the hallway from my brother's room, and to the immediate right, when you entered the room, was a door that led up to the attic, which was very old, creepy, and the door opened so that the stairs were visible from my bedroom. Awesome, right? That night, my brother's door was open, and go figure, so was the attic door. I began to grow uneasy and had a very strong sense that something or someone was watching me. I pulled my sheet over me and I suddenly had the sense of something very heavy laying on me, crushing me. I screamed to my mother who came running, pulled the sheet off me, and the feeling was gone. 10 years later and I still don't know what happened, but you can bet that that attic door stayed closed
0: until we moved away.
2: Number seven, footprints in the snow. Most memorable, unexplained event in my life happened while snowshoeing a few miles away from a small northeastern town in Oregon. The sun was just up, and there was a fresh layer of snow, about four inches worth. The forest was quiet, eerily, eerily quiet. It was one of those places that just makes your hair stand on end. I felt as if something was watching me. At this point, I turned around to head back to my car, only to find a fresh set of human-sized prints right behind my own. The scary part is is that the snow was about two feet deep, and these prints were only pressed in a couple inches. There was only a right handprint, the occurrence in intervals of ten feet or so. They started from nowhere and ended near where I stopped to turn around. What the hell was following me? Number eight, a vicious growl in my ear. I had a very weird experience about three years ago. I was living in a newly built apartment in San Antonio, Texas. They were really nice, not your typical old haunted southern plantation cliche. I was in the army and geographically separated. I was alone with no family and no pets. While laying in my bed, I felt what seemed to be a medium-sized dog jump up on the end of my bed. It definitely had four legs anyways. I kind of froze because I knew I had no pets in the home. It began to slowly walk up to me. I could feel every footstep compress the mattress. When I got up, my chest, I could feel the blankets form around my body and on the left side. I heard a subtle but vicious growl in my ear. I didn't acknowledge its presence and fell asleep right away. I never had a problem since, and I feel that it was due to the fact that I did not let it see my fear, but it was a very strange, startling experience. Number 9. You are not allowed to touch them. When I was 8, my family moved from an urban south, South Florida home to a really small town in North Florida, like from a Goosebumps book. A lot of weird stuff has happened in the 15 years since we moved there, but the weirdest has to be when my sister moved back with my parents. My sister's husband had been shipped off to to Afghanistan, so she was left alone with a newborn son. Not wanting to go through the soul-crushing loneliness of raising a newborn all alone in a trailer in the woods, she moved back to my parents' house for a while. She said it started when the headboard of her bed would slam every now and then. Then one day, she woke up because somebody was tickling her. She didn't really think about it until one night she woke up my mom by screaming. My sister's 30. She's really not a kid. When my mom went in, the whole fucking bed was rocking and shaking, really violently up and down the sides like a boat going through white water. But my mom said that my sister had been through a lot of shit, so they persevered one night my sister was nursing her son something grabbed her ponytail and was yanking her head around my mom went into the room and very sternly like talking to a bad kid said I understand that things are different but there is a baby here and there has never been before you're curious I understand that but you will not touch them anymore you can look you can stay you were here before us but I swear to God you are not allowed to touch them it stopped happening Number 10. A bullet and a Bible. My elderly Uncle John was sick for a long time. Knowing he was going to die, he started reading his Bible and tried to get his sister and my mom back to the church as well. He even sent her a Bible, which she promptly shelved and forgot about. Meanwhile, my uncle was having a fight with his daughter and refused to call her back. Now he was in a lot of pain and not dying quickly enough so he decided to eat the bullet and get on the wrong side of the grass. He blew the top of his head clean off. Meanwhile, at her home, the Bible that he had given my mom jumps off the shelf and flies 20 feet through the air. Thinking it just fell, somehow we replaced it on the shelf. Immediately, it jumped off and flew across the room. Now, freaked out, we were both kind of scared. We put the, back, the book back in place and sat on the couch kind of wanting for it to jump out, but nothing happened. We went into the kitchen to make dinner. Suddenly, we heard a loud noise and ran into the room to find the Bible laying open feet away. Seeing the Bible open to the book of John, my mom looked up to me and said, I think John is dead. A call to his wife confirmed the death. Meanwhile, Katie, John's daughter, later told us at the same time we were having Bibles chucked at us, she was getting phone calls, clearly from her father telling her I'm sorry, over and over. These calls immediately started after his death and continued for a few weeks. Yes, my mother started going to church. No, I didn't. Number 11. The Man in the Middle of the Night When I was growing up, I lived in a small two-floor house that was about 30 years old. There were several occasions where I remember where I would wake up at 3.10 in the middle of the night and I would see a figure of a man walking around my room. I was scared shitless. I shared a bunk bed with my brother, and I had the top bunk. I grew so frightened of this figure that I would make a wall of stuffed animals next to the railing of my bed as to make it impossible for me to see him. After we moved out of that house, I'd asked my mom who lived there before us, and she told me it was a family of three. The mother and daughter had moved out because the father died in the house of a heart attack. I assume that's who I was seeing when I woke up. Scared the shit out of me and still freaks me out now. Number 12. The Lock Safe My friend's father passed away unexpectedly. The night before the burial, his family wondered if they should go to a locksmith to open up the safe in his closet, as they knew he had had some personal effects in there he might want to be buried with. They untimely decided not to. The next morning, they got to the funeral home, and the mortician commented that something tripped the alarm the night before, but there were no signs of entry or any people around. When they went to the parlor to see him, both my friend and my mom immediately saw a red leather portfolio tucked into the arms of the deceased. They knew that that was where he kept his special items. Family pictures, love letters she had sent him when when he was in Vietnam, baby pictures. They also knew that he kept it locked in the safe in his bedroom. The safe they knew was closed and locked from the night before. The safe that was in the room where my friend's mom slept at night and she was not disturbed. The safe was wide open when they got home later that day. It wasn't broken into, someone knew the combination had opened it, and as far as they knew, the father was the only one who knew the combination. It freaked everyone out, but untimely it was fine, because they knew he wanted to be buried with those memories. Number 13. The Woman in the nightdress. When I was in 10th grade, I was laying down in our unfinished basement, watching TV late at night. I got up and walked into our unfinished basement bathroom, basically a concrete room with a toilet, a sink, and a mirror. As soon as I turned on the light, I saw a woman in white at the mirror. I booked it upstairs. I never saw it again, but about a year later, I was home alone, and my friend Ben picked me up so we could do some Christmas shopping. He had never been to my house before and had never met my parents. He waited in my living room while I got my shit together, and then we headed out. Nothing unusual, or so I thought, because two or three weeks later, Ben mentioned that he had met my mother that day in the living room. I told him nobody was home but me that day. He kept arguing otherwise and told me that he saw her standing next to the piano in a nightgown and that she had walked away. Ooh, I really like that article, guys. That's a really fun one. It is from the Occult Museum. I find a lot of articles by them. I really love this article and all the other ones from all the other episodes. Will be at www.theparanormalpodcast.com. You hit blogs and you will find it whatever the title of this ends up being. It will be under that. I want to say thank you so much for swinging by to the haunted estate. Share us with your friends. Rate us. It's what gets us out to everybody else. Don't be selfish. Don't keep me for yourself. Oh, believe me. I know I'd want to too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. Have a great night, my spooky little spookers.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well.